I'm Eric Martin. Welcome to Feeding Your Passion, the podcast for the entrepreneur and the food connoisseur. I'll be your host for our exclusive VIP dining experience where you'll meet top restaurateurs and other special guests. First, you'll get to know our celebrity restaurant owner, enjoy an amazing front-of-the-house virtual culinary experience, and then wrap up by learning key action steps, insights, and inspiration for thriving in the food service industry. Now, let's get rolling. Okay, Passion Nation, this is part two of our interview with Sean Walshiff, owner of Cali Barbecue and is the founder and creator of the Digital Hospitality Podcast. As we start part two of the interview, Sean was telling a story about a tweet that he sent out where he tagged Jim Trotter, who's a beat writer for the San Diego Tribune. Uh, Jim was also formerly uh, a writer for Sports Illustrated and ESPN. He currently works for the NFL Network. Sean also tagged Jeff Dotsteth and Dave Pillay in the tweet, and he invited to them he invited them to fight night, uh, an event that he was hosting at Cali Barbecue when he sent the tweet out. So he was making the point of how powerful social media is when you embrace it the way he teaches and the way he has. Okay, prepare to be fed. Let's jump in. I'd love to invite you to Cali Barbecue um, to come and enjoy the the Mayweather fight um, this weekend. They came out because of one. Wow! Team. Now those are those are three of my closest friends. Like out of childhood wow. friends, they have become so close in my life, and I care about them, and I care about their families. And we've done charity work together. They've promoted the restaurant. They've met my kids. They've come to our anniversaries, and that was all because of Twitter. Without Twitter, I wouldn't have those people that are as close to me as as they are, as well as the information that I get to learn from people that I absolutely admire and respect. Um, And that's just the kind of oh shit moment that the internet creates is that you're only one DM away from somebody you care about or somebody that can, uh, you know, be a possible friendship, be a possible investor in your, your business. You just don't know until you do it. Right. And prior to 2007, that type of connection was not even possible. It was right? impossible. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't impossible, but it was much harder for someone like my grandfather, who was curious, as opposed to me, who has a smartphone that could connect with anybody that I care about on earth, because I'm willing to put myself out there, fail enough. And then eventually, if I create compelling content, um, and it resonates with somebody that I'm trying to connect with, then, um, then an opportunity can happen. Great. That sounds good. What is uh, one thing you now know that you wish you would have known when you started your food service journey? Probably to believe more in myself. Um, I think some of the toughest lessons that I've learned is listening to others um, who are not sitting in the places that I wanted to be. Um, Some of the people that you love the most in your life and respect the most in your life um, because of what they've accomplished, they're not trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So their advice might not be the most pragmatic advice to follow. That's a good point. And I've, I've always heard from a mentor, find somebody who's in life where you want to be, duplicate what they've done. And, and 
you could accomplish the same things. So that's a that's a great point. So take us to your worst, most challenging moment as a restaurateur. Tell us that story, what you learned or gained through that experience. And this can be a coronavirus experience in uh, what you're doing to pandemic proof your business, you know, for the future or it may be another challenging time. Yeah, I mean, on March 17th was the day that Governor Gavin Newsom, the state of California, shut down all indoor dining for restaurants at the, the you know, the real, I guess, business side of the coronavirus, um, March 17th, 2020. And that was the day I had to lay off 29 employees. So my mm-hmm. wife and I and my general manager, Eric, we had to go through and figure out, you know, who was going to make the cut and who wasn't. And what did our business look like? Um, what did our business look like as an essential service business, meaning we were only open for takeout only? Um, you know, pre-coronavirus, we would do 30% of our business was takeout and catering, 70% on-premise um, dining within the restaurant. So losing 70% of your business overnight and, you know, almost 30 of the people that have kept your doors open that we consider family, servers, bartenders. Yeah hosts that we love that have hospitality in our blood that love to serve people, um, essentially telling them that they don't have a place to work. Uh, it was, it was a very dark day. And I know it was a dark day, not just here in California, um, but uh, across the globe. I mean, there's restaurants that have been built over decades. Um, there's restaurants that have been just started, um, hopes, dreams, the amount of effort it takes, the amount of blood, sweat, and tears it takes to, to go after one of the most difficult businesses there are to start. Um, it's, it's beyond significant. significant. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a very, very difficult day, but at the same time, we, we weren't as devastated as one would think because we knew that our number one goal is to, how do we use this as an opportunity to be better? Um, every single setback that we've ever had is more of a learning experience than a failure. So what do we do? We're going to le- lean into our strengths. We're going to lean into barbecue. We're going to lean into digital. We're going to ask questions. We're going to pivot. Um, we're going to be open, transparent, vulnerable online. We're going to share you know, what we're going through on social media, which led to local media opportunities, which led to more customers coming out to support us, to people buying gift cards, to people like Jim Trotter in the media retweeting me talking about, you know, the situation that our family and our restaurant was in. Um, you know, after 12 years, once you give back as much as we have, you know, as restaurant owners, we, we don't, we don't ask for a lot. <laughs> you know, we, we spend, we yeah. spend our whole lives in the hospitality business, taking care of other people's needs and their wants and their dreams and their desires. Uh, it's very, very seldom that we actually, you know, ask for help. And I think that's one of the things that my business mentor, David Meltzer has taught me is that, um, you know, the smartest people and the most successful people on earth, they ask for help. They have coaches, they have mentors, and sometimes you need that mentorship and you need to realize that um, people are people want to help. They want to help. They're just waiting for someone to ask. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to launch this podcast is to tell those stories. And, and um, there are a lot of, lot of other restaurateurs out there that can benefit uh, from, your, from your story. Absolutely. So... Um, so from an industry perspective, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing today that you would like to see inspired new industry innovation? And it can be from a food standpoint, technology, equipment, or a packaging perspective. 
uh, what would you like to see inspire innovation in the industry? You know, I think one of the things I'm most excited about is companies like Toast that are really helping the local restaurant owner enable this digital hospitality thesis that I care so deeply about. Um, You know, we had Aloha since 2008. It's been an incredible system for us as a full-service restaurant and sports bar. Um, It was built by industry experts, um, and it's done an incredible job helping us get to where we are. But in order to evolve, in order to be the digital-first restaurant that I know that we have to be moving forward, we need companies like Toast. We need companies like DoorDash and Grubhub and Yelp, all these incredible tech companies that have now... They've always been on the periphery, but now they're integral partners in what we do because it's not just what we do in person, it's what we do online as well. And tracking that customer information, figuring out how to keep people um, engaged, how to create those memorable moments online as well as offline, those are crucial to building a business in 2020 and beyond. And that's why I'm so excited is because I know that, you know, a company like Toast, when we recently switched over, they sent us all of our POS hardware. And, you know, because we are a barbecue media company, we were serious about barbecue and we're serious about media. We're always looking to create compelling content. And um, one of the ideas we came up with was doing an unboxing video for Toast. Um, you know, there's my son is three years old. He absolutely loves monster trucks. And uh, he watches two kids that have they must have 50 million subscribers on YouTube that watch them unbox Hot Wheels as well as monster truck cars um, unboxing. Cool. Videos have become very popular. And what I thought was, hey, you know, there, I'm guessing there's no there's nowhere on the Internet of, of a restaurant opening up and unboxing their new technology, their new POS system. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be funny? cool, at least for the people that are consider that are in the same, that are sitting in the same place that we are, that they're, they've been in business, they have Aloha or they have micros and they're considering making the next step into a cloud-based computing system that'll help them do all the things that I just talked about. Uh, maybe they're considering toast. Well, what if we made a video for toast, but not just for toast, but for all those restaurants that are considering making that switch. And we're open and we're honest and, you know, we unbox the the POS equipment and we share, you know, this is something cool that we're excited about using. Next week, we're going to be filming um, us actually going live. So making the switch from Aloha to Toast. And we're doing that in full transparency, but we've gotten so much engagement on that video, not just from people in the restaurant business, not just from restaurant owners, but people that are in technology, people that are in different industries saying, you know, the, the video resonated really well with them because, uh, I mean, it has over 15,000 views on LinkedIn alone because it talks to all wow. the people in Toast that work behind the scenes, the engineers, the purple, the people that work on packaging, the people that design the kitchen display unit. Like no one's ever talked about their product, the end result of their product. And I mean, and that's really what an unboxing video is. I mean, that should be the excitement of all those blood, sweat and tears that those technology partners have put in to empower a restaurant owner to, you know, go live with this new technology to integrate third party delivery so that some driver can come and pick up food on behalf of DoorDash or on behalf of Uber Eats and deliver our barbecue to a part of San Diego that we what we weren't servicing before. I mean, that's the real excitement for me and what's what's happening in this digital space. And I think, you know, the thing that I want to impart on the listener is that no matter what line of work you're in, if you start to understand that you don't need to have a media company, you need to act like a media company. 
company. You need to use that cell phone and start acting like a media company because you can go live on Facebook. You can go live on Instagram. You can do 4K video right from your smartphone and you can share that story, that behind the scenes story, that event that you go to, whether it's a virtual event, um, whether it's not, but you can create compelling content. It's not about having 100,000 people watch the video or 15,000. What if, what if it impacts one person? What if it's one person that saw what you did that they go, Oh, I'm inspired. Now I, I want to be in the hospitality business because of this video I saw. I think, Absolutely. I think that's and I think enough. You, yeah. I think you make a bigger point <clears throat> before COVID. A lot of people were checking the box, going to work and, and maybe not thinking about the deeper, bigger purpose of why they were doing what they were doing, but the unboxing video uh, they can be watched by everybody in the supply chain uh, allows them to feel even more passionate about what they're doing. And, and especially within the food service industry, I think, I think the restaurant owner and the operator needs to understand that this industry is huge, but it's all about you. It's all about the restaurant owner and the industry serving that restaurant owner, because when independent restaurants and, and individual restaurant locations are successful, the industry is successful. So the industry seeing you open that up and those that had a part in creating that product uh, are no, now more passionate and connected to deliver the next innovation yeah. that's coming out. And uh, that is pretty powerful. And you're, I mean, you're so right. And it's something that restaurant owners, we take for granted. And when we go to food shows, the amount of work that U.S. Foods, that Cisco, that Shamrock, that they put in to put all these vendors in one place to show us the latest, greatest innovations. And we take that for granted because we really are. We're the brides of those events. And people are Absolutely. trying to get their, get their product that they've worked on so hard into our restaurant so that we start selling it and they start selling it in other markets. But nonetheless, the restaurant owner, when I go there, I know I'm just like every other restaurant owner. It has nothing to do with me. In fact, like by going there, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a disservice to my customer because all I care about is my guest. How do I make a better experience for my guest? And when I go there, it's, I'm not thinking like, oh, all these people are, are here to try to help me out. It's I feel like I'm getting sold to when I really shouldn't be looking at it that way. You know, and that, that's the thing that I'm talking about with digital media and creating content is once we start looking at it from the ways that we've always looked at it, let's start celebrating why we're doing what we're doing. And either it, you're either going to celebrate it or you should probably find a different line of work. You know, if you're miserable doing it, if you don't want it to be on social media, if you don't want it to be on your profile, if you don't want to tweet about it, if you don't want to post about it, then really you shouldn't be doing it. You should find something that you do want to tweet about, that you do want to post about. Because once you do find that, I guarantee you, you'll be happy. Absolutely. And, and passion and feeding your passion, that, that's what it's all about, you know, is, is uh, serving the industry. And I think that perspective is more in hospitality than probably any other industry. So that's great information. Well said. What is, uh, what is your favorite cooking technique or preparation method for serving a solid menu item? So in a our, barbecue, that's kind of a loaded question, right? Well, yeah, our, our focus now, which we feel is where the industry is going, is, is slow food fast. So fast food obviously made its mark on the United States and the, and the global economy. Um, drive-throughs, how do we get you know cheap food delivered 
to the most amount of people as possible. But really what is going to win moving forward is going to be craft food. How are we going to make something that's incredible, that's very difficult to do, that's a unique family recipe, but that's not just served in one spot. You know, you don't have to go to this one town in Texas to try this brisket. It's actually going to be more accessible to more people. And does that mean that the craft is going to go down? Some would argue yes. I would argue no. Um, I would argue that there's different ways, there's innovative ways that people are going to be able to create more scale to a craft product um, in a way that's delivered daily. So it can't be something that sits on the shelf, but it can be delivered in a way that's daily produced in a way that you're getting the freshest sushi that day. And once that's out, it's out. So it's literally based off of not, we're always open from 12 PM to 8 PM. We're open for pre-orders. So you can pre-order that sushi or you can pre-order this, you know, incredible burger that everyone talks about. And if you want 25 people in your office, you can have 25 burgers that are pre-ordered for that Friday. Um, but if you come on that Friday and they're open at 12 and they're out at 1 PM, then they're going to be out at 1 PM and you're going to have to wait and pre-order for the next day. And that's what I argue is the next kind of evolution of where food is going. That's, that is a great perspective. And I think that speaks to the fact, I mean, during coronavirus, a lot of people were eating at home and cooking at home, which I think, you know, has been a a great thing. But I also read an article, a lot of people are getting tired of that, that the craft experience and the craft food, uh, the ingredients are different through the distribution channel of food service. And uh, the equipment's different. The preparation techniques are different. The experience of the chef is different. And so delivering that overall craft experience, I think, is a differentiator. People work hard. And they want to treat themselves in that craft experience and hospitality combined, make them say, as you've made great points on throughout this entire uh, interview, that's what makes the difference for the consumer. Absolutely. It's what makes the memorable moment and makes, it's what makes you want to come back. What, it's what, it, what differentiates you from a transaction. Transaction business, those are out there. And I mean, that's, that's going to be the ugly side of, you know, the next, the next growth of ghost kitchens and virtual restaurants is it's going to be a great race of who can open up, you know, the fastest into all these different categories to deliver pizza, to deliver wings, to deliver barbecue, to deliver sushi, to deliver whatever that product is. But it's going to be under a fake name, under a fake brand that has no heart and that has no soul, which is what we would argue the ones that are going to win are the people that approach the ghost kitchen the same way they approach a generational restaurant is no matter where that ghost kitchen is, they're going to be a part of the community and they're going to want regulars. They're going to want to be a part of someone's schedule. So absolutely, uh, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. And usually if it's more difficult, that means there's going to be fewer people doing it. And if you can do it, then you'll probably be successful. That's right. Absolutely. Good. So, and we've talked a lot about this, but is there anything else? So my question is, what platform or medium do you feel is the best investment of your marketing dollars and why? And you can sprinkle in some how to this answer as well. I mean, number one is your website. Your website, your mobile first website is your e-commerce platform. And it's where all the content you make needs to be purposed first. So the internet is broken down. It, it gets so complicated when you start talking about social media marketing and digital marketing and digital media and content creation. It's, it's this easy. It's, it's four things. It's audio, it's video, it's written word, 
and it's images. You can do all of that from your smartphone. So you don't need to make this huge capital investment on which platform is the most important, but you do need to fix your website and your website needs to be the controlling force of how do you create video content, audio content, written words and images onto your website first so that once you create a sexy photo of ribs for your website, that same image is going to be used on DoorDash. That same image is going to be used on Grubhub. That same image is going to go on Yelp. That same image is going to go on Toast Tab. It's going to go across all these different platforms. It's going to get updated in a way that it starts with your website and then it works outwards towards all the other platforms. Great. That's very good. Very good information. Very good advice. Um, so, Nick, share with us a key back-of-the-house strategy or behavior geared toward delivering maximum quality and consistency each and every dish. I mean, I, th- I think some of the most important things that we learned are just basic blocking and tackling, which is doing inventory, doing inventory, cost costing out your menu, having partners like Restaurant Solutions. Restaurant Solutions is our financial accounting partner out of Colorado. They have about 1,600 independent restaurants. But in about 2012, I'm a subscriber to restaurantowner.com, which is an incredible resource. I believe it's about $29 a month, but they have all kinds of different articles, all kinds of different uh, templates, business plans, you name it. It's the one-stop shop for anything for the independent restaurant owner. Um, But I've been reading their articles. They have a great magazine that they put out, Restaurant Startup and Growth, that comes with your online subscription. But I had been reading since 2008 for four years about how important it was to have a weekly financial statement. So not a monthly financial statement, but a weekly financial statement. The best owners, operators, independent restaurants, restaurant groups, franchise, enterprise Um, companies, they all had weekly financial statements and that allowed them to figure out if a food cost was off, if if their front of the house labor was off, their back of the house labor was off, they could make the adjustment for the next week. They didn't have to wait another four weeks, another five weeks, depending on when that financial was prepared to actually make a change. They did it on a week to week basis. Um, Doing a weekly financial statement means that you have to do weekly inventory. Um, Restaurant Solutions helped us establish those systems um, because that's what they do. So they've really empowered us to be as confident as we were, you know, in the last 12 years. And then now that we have weekly financial statements of how much more profitable, we're three times more profitable as a restaurant operating as a digital first restaurant than we ever were as a full service restaurant. That's why we're going to be opening more locations. Wow. We wouldn't have that financial data to prove to ourselves what we knew in our hearts if we didn't have a company like Restaurant Solutions help us with that. Right. That's great advice. And great. You mentioned several great resources uh, with, as part of that. So that sounds great. So we have had tremendous value bombs coming from Sean as a part of the back of the house segment. Uh, this is going to be an episode to go back and listen to and take notes on and and find your action points. Where are you going to go mad? Where are you going to make a decision and that will impact your business to make a difference for your community? So now we're going to move into the final crumbs. And one of my favorite quotes is, I'd uh, rather have a morsel from the table of a winner than a full meal from the table of a loser. And we're spending time with uh, Sean, who's got uh, the fruit on the tree, he's got the smoke of battle coming off of him, and 
The final crumb segment is our lightning round segment. So I've got a few quick questions as we move toward wrapping this uh, amazing dining experience up uh, with Sean Walchef. So, Sean, what is the one thing you're the most passionate about today? Digital hospitality, by far. I think it's the most important underlying philosophy, thesis, way of life um, that will help anyone in business, anyone that's trying to create a brand, anyone that's trying to do something of any significance. And it's understanding that there's never been a greater time to accomplish what you want to accomplish because we're in the information age. So if you care about it, there's people that can help you. There's people that can guide you. There's people that have done it. And it's so young. The internet is so young that no matter what you're passionate about, there's so much space. Um, there's only 1 million podcasts on Apple podcasts right now. And I'm so happy, Eric, that you're um, adding to that because what you're doing is so valuable to so many people. And um, the, like I said in the beginning, the people that listen to podcasts are the same people that um, some people learn by listening. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by reading. Um, I definitely drive a lot. And as much as I love sports talk radio, I love music. I love listening to podcasts and things like this help people get better. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, you're already doing, you're, you're already on your way. Um, keep listening to great podcasts like this and um, you'll start doing the things that you want to achieve. Great. I know podcasts have made a significant, significant difference for me as well. No doubt. Great, great platform. So what is the best advice you've ever received? Stay curious, get involved and ask for help. And we'll make sure my sons, I've got three boys, they listen to that. That is an, that is tremendous advice right there. What book would you recommend to Passion Nation and why? Story Brand by Donald Miller. Uh, Story Brand is an incredible way of thinking about marketing, um, specifically for your website, but understanding that in this day and age, you only have three seconds to deliver a message, uh, to deliver a compelling hook point. Um, hook point is another one by Brandon Kane, uh, but story brand and hook point are two pillars of what we do in digital hospitality. Those are two of the books that we recommend the most. I'd add a third one to the list, which would be top of mind by John Hall. Um, but yeah, those, those are phenomenal resources. Great. Share a culinary or technology resource uh, with our guests that you like and feel like could benefit them. I, I mean, I, I'd have to go with restaurantowner.com. Restaurantowner.com is great resource. You know, an unbelievable Jim Lobb, um, the team over there, him, his daughter, uh, Barry Schuster, who does the restaurant startup and growth. I mean, they've been just such a phenomenal backbone to what we've done digitally. I mean, they've been, you know, essentially part of the digital hospitality thesis even before they knew they were a part. And uh, I've relied on their resources. My team has relied on their resources, on their templates, on their articles. Um, and you know, a good restaurateur is always learning and that's their slogan. Um, I think that's why people are listening to this podcast. I think that's why they create such compelling content. Um, you know, you, you have to, you have to stay curious, you know, and then you stay curious and you, you go mad, right. And you get involved and that's right. Then you ask for help. That, that's how, that's how it works. Great. Share one piece of advice for food service sales professionals to help them earn trusted advisor status with you? 
I think it's much easier than they realize. If you're listening to this podcast and you are on the sales side for the restaurant business, a successful restaurant operator in 2020 and beyond, they're going to tell you everything that they need to know. Everything that you need to know, they're going to tell you through their social media channels. The reason that they're successful is because they have a strong digital presence and they're probably strong on social, meaning that in their Instagram posts, in their Facebook posts, in their email marketing newsletter. I mean, I don't know how many sales reps actually subscribe to the email newsletter of the of the restaurant. I know all the successful restaurants that are comp- creating compelling content. They put out a weekly newsletter that tells their um, guests, their partners, their vendors what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, it, it's, it's much easier than it sounds. And I think what I have seen across the board, the most successful sales reps that we've ever had have always cared more about what was my issue today. So let's say Josh from us foods comes and sits down with me and says, um, you know, I just wanted to check in. He wasn't always trying to pitch what was what he was trying to pitch. He just wanted to come and listen and find out how he could help. And even if it had nothing to do with him selling us a U.S. Foods product, he would be willing to help me because he was part of my team. That made him more valuable to me, um, and that made us give him more business. Absolutely, and and that is one question that I'm extremely passionate about since that's the part. The, the supply chain part of the business is where I've invested uh, my career and where I've been in the food service industry. And, and it's vitally important that all food service and, you know, and uh, to follow, up, follow up on that, learn the business. You know, there's a lot of yeah. salespeople that have restaurant clients that maybe aren't as strong as on digital and maybe, you know, helping them understand why it's important for them to be strong on digital, why it's important for them to maybe subscribe to restaurantowner.com or maybe start looking at Toast as a POS system. You know, just under the more that you know as a sales rep about the industry as a whole, um, the more helpful you can be to restaurant owners who just probably might not have time to dive as deep as you are. Absolutely. Well, well said. So that is fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, that is going to wrap up the lightning round. We're going to move on to the sweet course where we'll end this VIP dining experience with Sean sharing one final piece of sweet advice to our listeners. Yeah, I would go back to, you know, what my grandfather taught me, which is stay curious, get involved and ask for help. Absolutely. Great. Thank you for joining us today. And as the owner of Cali Barbecue, uh, we would love for you to give a welcome and, and a digital hospitality. Give a owner's creator's invite to our listeners to join you at uh, your restaurant and on your podcast. Yeah, I mean, one of the most important things that anybody listening to this podcast is I, I mean, full full transparency, rising tide, lifting all ships. I mean, if if I say that the digital hospitality is our thesis. It's in our DNA. Then that means that I am as accessible um, to you as I am to anybody else. So if somebody reaches out, whether that's through Cali barbecue.media and they send me a direct message on Instagram, or if they tweet at me, or if they send me an email, um, Sean at Cali BBQ.media, 
I am open and available to answer any questions that you might have. And if you're in the San Diego area, I owe you a peach cobbler and I owe you a behind the scenes tour of what we're doing for our restaurant. We have a 5,700 square foot restaurant that I've hired restaurant consultants um, who have been in the business for over 30 years that have designed all the nicest restaurants in San Diego. And I've brought them in to reduce our dining room. Um, so that we can create our commissary kitchen, our master smokehouse. Uh, we are currently in draft plans of that. We're negotiating with our landlord. So there's going to be a lot of exciting things happening um, in the next couple of years here in San Diego and beyond. And uh, anyone that listens to this podcast, I'd love to meet with you at the restaurant and show you around, show you the plans and um, let you know what we're doing. So send me a message, send me an email and I'll, uh, I'll make that happen. Sounds great. Fantastic. Thank you. So much for joining us today, Passion Nation. I also want to thank Sean for serving his customers in the industry uh, today by spending some time with us. Make sure you go visit Sean Walshef at Cali Barbecue in San Diego or the Spring Valley, California area. And remember that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Eric and Sean today. With that, we'll catch you on the next episode of Feeding Your Passion. Until then, go be great. Okay, Passion Nation, that is the end of part two of our episode with Sean Walshiff. And I don't know about you, but I was inspired by my time with Sean Walshiff. Uh, he absolutely is pouring his heart out into this industry. He has a passion to make an impact and a difference. He's learned some things that have significantly helped his business. But the thing that makes Sean so special is he wants to give back and impact others. He wants to impact others' lives, and he wants to impact our industry. So his story about his grandfather being curious, wanting to know, chasing down knowledge, that is absolutely something that resonated with me. And I don't know about you, but if you feel like, if you've got a passion, if you've got a vision, if you've got something that's been nagging at you on a way to run your business, on something that you need to do in your family, you want to do with your family, whether it's related to kids, your spouse, your business, or whatever the case may be, what Feeding Your Passion is all about is inspiring you and inspiring us all to take the next step to step out into deeper water. If you're feeling called out into deeper water, I'm going to encourage you to step out. I don't know about you, but at the end of my life, I don't want to look down and be standing in shallow water. And so in order to step out in deeper water, in order to follow your vision, one thing one of my mentors taught me, Leon Drennan, is nothing happens in life until somebody makes a decision. And that's an acronym for me. It's called Go Mad, M-A-D, Make a Decision. Nothing happens in life until somebody makes a decision or until they course correct a decision that's already been made. So uh, we want to inspire you through feeding your passion. Until the next episode, Passion Nation, go be great. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe. Also, please visit our website, feedingyourpassion.com, to sign up for our email list so that we can deliver each episode right to your inbox. 
and so that you can give us feedback on our content because we want to be dialed in to what you're passionate about. Until next time, go be great, Passion Nation.